Preachy, preachy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome for the final installment of the October Metal Month here on the Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy, like usual, J-Dubs, on this side of the table. And Kenny G is over here, and we are going to finish up with where we are now in metal. We already covered where it came from, where it went to in the 90s, how it splintered off from just being one genre into being... You have black metal, death metal, satanic metal, uh, new metal, gothic metal, gothic metal, show metal, show metal, even hair metal. You We're not talking about hardcore. hair metal, hardcore, post. Well, we didn't talk about post hardcore because that's a different thing all in general. Yeah, and hardcore is kind of just. Then you got deathcore like thing. And, you got metalcore. and that's where we're we're coming into right now is the whole metalcore scene that kind of took off at the late uh late 2000s there. i think i think it started more in the mid 2000s yeah i was gonna say like 2007 i'll say like 2005 yeah go fuck yourself kenny i just well to me pull up some dates let me see bring Come me on. the for me like bring Come me on. the horizon of like the first like true metalcore band and they chelsea chelsea smile was like 2005 maybe it was later Maybe you are right. No, I, I'm just messing with you. Um, oh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. They were they were definitely a big start of. Holy shit! Do those guys even like talk normally? You know what I mean? Can you imagine listening to like, Suicide Season and then having an interview with Ollie? Yeah, it's like, hey man, I just listened to your song, uh, Diamonds Aren't Forever. Oh yeah, hey thanks man, I really appreciate it. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> you know that shit always threw me off with metal bands you hear these guys voices and then you talk to them in real life and you're like how does that come out of you um yeah i would say them and then and then personally uh, i'm not saying that amur started like the deathcore scene but i think that that if you had to be like hey show me a deathcore band i would be like okay here's amur yeah like that would be yeah i got really into them when when i first heard them and now so now not so much. I did see them live and I really enjoyed what they did. I saw them live twice. They, they were they, they were, were cool. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, uh, a lot of people talk shit on them. They're like uh there's like the stereotypical meme. Hey, here's a here's a fretboard from the Amir's guitarist and it's literally just the first three frets. <laughs> but the thing with people like talking shit on them too is the same people that talk shit on them are the same people that go and tell you they're like, yeah, uh, Amon, Amarth, and Slayer, and Meshuggah are these great bands. Well, if you listen to Meshuggah nowadays, it's not very different from what Amir is doing. Like, the guitar riffs are not very... They're very similar. Yeah. So, these people that are praising Meshuggah for what they're doing, which, don't get me wrong, I think Meshuggah's talented. I think everyone in the band is super talented. Hey this but... Buck, I don't know what that is. Is that is that your phone? <laughs> Can we start over? No. No, keep it going. This is good. <laughs> that, that scared me, though. Then I was my like, phone just went off, and I was like, what was that? I definitely turned all the volume down on my computer. All right, well. Let me just throw my phone away real quick. No, it's okay. Just, just keep it up here. You might need it. Who knows? Um, but, um, <laughs> so going back into uh, people talking shit on Amir and Meshuggah, well, I agree no, with you. They're not talking shit on Meshuggah so much, but they're like, yeah, Meshuggah's so good, Amir's so bad. But they're doing anymore. They're doing the same thing. If you go back, like you know, back whenever Michigan was doing stuff with like New Millennium Cyanide Christ and stuff, like yeah, 
that was a lot different. But but now, it's basically the same. It's just that open fret, just you know, just yeah. chugga chugga chugga. Yeah. Uh, people talk the same shit on Slayer and stuff too. Like I've seen. Uh, hey, uh, there's a message in my alphabets, and uh, you know it's like the scene from Family Guy, where. He says, Ooh. oh, it says, ooh. He goes, oh, Peter, those are Cheerios. But, like, I've seen ones where it says, Peter, those are mirror tabs. Okay, that's pretty, that's I've a pretty also good. Seen, <laughs> that's a pretty good meme, though. I've also seen the one where it's, uh, you know, Mommy, what are those kids doing over there? Billy, don't look at them. I don't want you to be in. Fl- oh, God, Billy, no. And then it's like Billy, and he, he looks exactly like Carrie King with the two tattoos on his head. And he just says, zero, 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 zero. Because. You know, you think about some of their songs. They definitely have those like weird breakdowns that right. just have the same note over and over again. I, I feel like, though, we've gotten to this point in metal, though, where you just have these people that are, they're like the metal elitists. They're like, you know, they have the battle jacks and everything. They're like, yeah, if it's not Slayer and Amon Amarth, like, it's nothing. Because kind of, we've kind of gotten to that point. Because a lot of those bands don't, a lot of the bands don't tour anymore. And, yeah. and metal hasn't evolved to the, like you won't you'll never have a huge metal band again. I really don't think you're gonna have one of those huge metal bands again like you did with Metallica or Iron Maiden or Megadeth. Uh, you mean up. like selling out like like stadiums? Yeah, and shit? you're not yeah. gonna have the big stadium ones again. Like the big arena bands again. When when we're forty and fifty, I think we will. Uh-huh. As long as they're still playing. <laughs> Yeah, you as know? long as like Metallica's still playing. No, but. fuck Metallica. I'm talking about people like Animals as leaders. You know, if I'm 50 years old and they're still fucking touring and they're they're playing at Heinz Field, I'm going. Yeah, but they're not going to be playing at Heinz Field. How do sell, you know? They're not going to sell that many. Did tickets. you fucking did you see the future? No, but I'm. I just I don't feel metal has gotten so specific into these specific genres that people will not. You know. It's not like it used to be where it was like, hey, how do you get your music? Well, I listen to the radio, and sometimes I swap tapes with my friends. Now it's like you can just go on YouTube and search for the most specific shit you want to find. Yeah. And you can find something. So everyone finds their niche now. It's not like before and people Words were just listening. niche? Niche. Whatever. Niche. I'm retarded. It's not like whenever. I said niche. Whatever. But it's not like it used to be whenever you're like, wow, I'm listening to the radio, and you hear the song for whom the bell told you. are like, wow, that song fucking kicks. Well, now... You also have on the other, like, same argument you're saying, but you have Sirius XM satellite radio where they have these specific channels that are, you know, like liquid metal. Um, they play a lot of shit that you do not hear on, like, mainstream radio. No, right? you, you don't. Know? Like, um, whenever I was going to, I had to go to Mississippi and um, I just sat back and listened to the fucking Sirius XM and they were like, Here's cattle decapitation, and I was like, "Man, this song fucking kicks ass! This band is awesome." Yeah. And this is like 2014. I'm like, "Man, this band's awesome." How long have they been out? Wow, since '93. Yeah. And it took me fucking that long to hear them. Yeah, and then you also have like, uh, I think Octane's another one. They play some of that radio rock stuff. O- Octane plays a lot of hard rock. But yeah. That, that's what like what we were talking about last week, though, where you have all these bands to bleed the line between hard rock and. And metal, like. So what you're saying is we won't have a big one because, much like you know, uh, the voting parties in America, everybody's split into their own category. Basically, yeah. I'm just saying you're never gonna have a big one again because, um, it's metal has splintered off so much that before, I mean, like, what did you have? You just had like heavy metal and thrash metal, and then even going into the '90s. You had like Pantera was like the new face of metal, 
But then all the other big metal bands you can think of then, I mean, what did they, like, Sepultura, Cannibal Corpse, they were huge in the 90s, but they were only so big. And, you know, Cannibal Corpse, I don't even think, had an album go gold. Yeah. 100,000 copies, so. I mean, I've seen some fucking huge crowds, though, you know. You see huge crowds, but you, it's it's never going to be as big as it was. There's going to be there's there's more there's more metal bands out there than there have ever been, but none of them are ever going to be bigger than what has already been. Yeah. Maybe that's because baby boomers. Who knows? <laughs> and and honestly, uh, it's definitely not because of lack of talent. No, it's not. And I think metal bands are even more talented than they've ever been. Um, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. You you look at a band like Gojira, like everyone in that band is so much more talented than. Pretty much everybody in Metallica. Yeah. I'd like to see Lars do any of the things that the drummer from Gojira does. Yeah, or well, even like uh, Tom Hakee from um, Meshuggah. He's one of the best drummers on the planet. Jason Bittner from Shadows Fall is a fantastic drummer. Yeah. But the, the Shadows Fall isn't even a band anymore. They, no, they no. broke up. And, and it's reminiscent to go back and listen to them. I'm always like, oh, shit. Yeah. Every time you want to go back to their mid-2000s. Yeah. Whenever um take me back to 2005 when things were simple. <laughs> whenever I played football in high school, um I threw on one of their CDs one day and uh one of our team captains was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "It's Shadow Swallow." He's like, "We're going to listen to this for every game." <laughs> and we did. That's sick. It was like the Threads of Life or um what was the other album they had? The first two albums, The Threads of Life and then The War Within. It was one or the other we were listening to every time before a game. That's dope. Yeah. I often um I'll be driving, and, and In Flames will come on my Pandora, and I'm like, fuck yeah. And I just, like, turn it up, you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I want to say, oh, I haven't heard this song forever, but I listen to them all the time. <laughs> so it's, man, I ain't heard this song in, like, a week and a half. Just throws you back, though. Yeah. I know, it's a good feeling. But nowadays, coming back uh, to where we stop at around 2008, 2009, there were a lot of honorable mentions that we there, there, we there. didn't say anything about. Uh, like, for instance, Amon Marth, like, they were – way before you know the 2000s but uh there were some other bands that a lot of those feel bands like started then a lot of those bands i don't feel like i feel like they were around in the mid-2000s but they didn't peak until the 2010s yeah because like uh what is it lacuna coil yeah they they were around in the mid-2000s but they didn't really peak until like 2012 2013 mastodon did a lot of their early stuff but they get better and better with every album they come out with and here we are in 29. They just came out with an album, what, like a year ago? Yeah. Emperor of Sand? Yeah, Emperor of Sand came out like a year ago. 2017? It might have been two years now. I think it was 2017. And before that was <clears throat> Once More Around the Sun in 2013. Yeah. And that one was really good. And a lot of, and like the only band that I can really think of that started in the 2010s or later, like the only metal band that, to me that sticks, that um, stood out, that came from the 2010s or later was Baby Metal, and I don't even really like Baby Metal. Baby Metal came out in 2010, I think was their big. That was their. That album. was their. That was the year they came out. I mean, you know, going back to what you were saying, I feel like Baby Metal could sell out a fucking stadium full of people. I don't think they could. I think they could do like a nice like five thousand, but I don't think they could do like a ten or fifteen. I've seen them play for five at uh, Rock on the Range, at least five grand. Yeah, but that's a know? metal festival. I'm saying like yeah. you're the headlining like. They couldn't just go into console energy center or what the fuck PPG paints is it now. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't think, think I don't think like, a band of thirteen-year-old Japanese girls could have made it to America if they couldn't sell out a fucking stadium full of people. I don't think they can though. I don't think there's maybe any... not in America, but they definitely did over there. And that's oh, why they were yeah. like, "Yo, let's come over here." <clears throat> yeah, but not in America. I mean, over here you fucking prudes. <laughs> you you could pr- like Slipknot draws a huge crowd now, but yeah, I think they might be they might be that band. Um, I mean, if we were talking about bands that really stick out to you uh for instance a little bit like you know we, we we stopped 2008 so we're gonna go from let's start 2008 on you know so ghost bc uh, i would say well they're hard rock though. i was gonna say animals as leaders yeah i think the first yes. first time i ever heard them was in 2009 and this was my introduction into progressive metal music and um i'm gonna go on a long-winded little speech here but progressive metal music was um you know, you've always had progressive music and then metal music, and they just kind of combine this heavy metal and progressiveness together. And you see a lot of them coming out way, way, way more now, especially in the the past five, six years. But you see, you don't see a lot of use of lyrics. You don't see um, normally like full bands. You usually see like one guitarist, one bassist, maybe two guitarists, one bassist. And a lot of a lot of wiggly, 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 yeah. Wiggly. Uh, animals, for instance, they have two guitars. They both play eight string guitars. And this is one of the first instances I've ever seen and heard somebody play an eight string guitar. And they're, they're tuned so fucking low. Like there's no need for a bassist. Like they play the bass while they're playing the guitar. You know what I mean? But Toes and Abazi and Javier, uh, they do some shit on the guitar fretboard that makes you just want to put down your guitar. You're like, well, they already did it. So what's the point? You know, um, coming from, I don't know, a way different background. You know, I I was just astounded. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I've showed my friends, like, like uh, Zager's older brother, Seth. I showed him, and he's like, dude, he's playing, like, like scales that I haven't seen people play in years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's actually, like, technically, you know, talented. But with these guys, I feel really brought forth, and I'm not going to say it uh, as in, like, these are the guys, but gent this is where it started for me at least uh it's a new genre if you will but that progressive metal started the whole gent scene and gent being the fucking noise that their guitars make gent 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 you know i mean technically mashuga started gent and then yeah technically if you look on uh if you look on the internet mashuga is considered math metal it's weird. Yeah. I was um, doing a lot of reading last night, and I was like, what? Uh, and then, but for me, the one that did Gent was Periphery. Yes. They didn't necessarily do it best, but Periphery was the one that, if you were like, this is Gent, Periphery. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah. They have to have that, that noise. See, for me, I would say uh, After the Burial. Yeah, After the Burial. Do it. They have a lot of Genty music, and... Uh, when I first seen After the Burial, I didn't know. I, I, I besides Animals as leaders, like they were, they were probably like the second Animals or a Gent band that I'd seen, and I literally was sitting in the crowd like, I was like, dude, this is like, it's <laughs> like heavy metal dance music. I was like, oh, like my neck, man, like I can't stop it, yeah, bro, and I'm just getting it. Like, it, it was amazing to me, and but then. It was like super, super heavy after they were done with their little 
Um, I forget the guy's name. He does a YouTube video uh, where readings from the Oxford Dictionary, and he uh, gets the Oxford Dictionary definition of gent, and he's like, pronunciation, gent, meaning thrall. And he goes, uh, I forget, he says, used in a sentence, and then it's just like, he picks up his guitar and starts playing, and it's just all the shit gent people do. Pick up a ba, pick up a ba, pick up a pancake, pick up a ba, pick up a ba, ba na na, ba na na, and like he makes all the sounds of the guitar wood with his mouth, and it makes you laugh your ass off. But while you're out there getting it, like, you're like this is the shirt. I mean, in a way, gent is just like a, it's kind of like a splinter of progression. Of yeah, progressive it's like metal. progressive deathcore. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's weird. Cause he, um. Cause like with with progressive, I always think of like the the human abstract, and protest the hero are probably the two biggest ones for me. Yeah, protest the hero was also on that math core, or uh, that uh, math label. I think they were on the math core uh, definition. I don't even know what half these definitions are anymore. So like they they say that math core is usually people who use um, uh, timing time signatures. signatures. Yeah, they're outside of your four four, and they say you know they're like math because they're like fractions and. Um, uh, one I wanted to mention since we're on that subject and aside from like Dillinger and they don't really classify, I, I, I've never classified them this, but if I were to pick a poster child of that, they started in, you know, early 2005, uh, I want to say, but, uh, every time I die, um, they took metal to a whole different level and made their own shit, you know, um, I don't even know how to describe it, you know, like other than math, math, you know, like what do you call that? They did uh, a lot of weird time signatures, um, stopping and playing, stopping and playing, screaming, and then, you know. What would you do with uh, Between the Barrier of Me? <clears throat> you know, I don't know. Because that is a band that has a lot of that gent and core and weird time signature math metal stuff and then they have this theatrical approach to them um a lot of their music like i went and seen between the buried and me play had no idea who they were david busco shout out to him queer uh he was like dude they're awesome trust me i'm like okay cool they played for like 40 minutes and they played like four songs hmm. i was like wow. i never i never really uh, cared for them and then um dave showed me their cover of the day i tried to live by Soundgarden, and i'm highly convinced it's like one of the best covers i've ever heard in my life yeah you can't cover chris cornell it's not gonna happen but they they did the best job they could and it was awesome yeah we we talked about it in our covers episode but yeah they came out for an encore and did uh bohemian rhapsody i was like what <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, I got, I got into them after that. Um, but I don't know. That's where, you know, I have a specific classification that you would call avant-garde, you know, it's self-expressionism. They're doing it outside of the norm of things. Mm -hmm. It's hard to put them into a genre. So you just throw them in this little container over here and you open it up later, (laughs) you know, once you find out what to call it. So what, so going, going forward though, um, and the metal scene really since like 2009 it's been just been a lot of uh the same bands coming back yes you had a lot of you had a lot of the same bands coming like 
Megadeth had very forgettable 2000s, and then they started kicking in the door again. Um, even Anthrax, they were just a hodgepodge of people for a while, but now they're basically back to their original lineup, and they're fucking smacking it again. Metallica just came out with two, yeah, what is it? Self-wire, or hardwired, hard, to hardwired to self-destruct. They came out with, and even a few years ago, they came out with um. Death Magnetic? Death Magnetic, which was kind of like, hey, you guys hated that St. Anger stuff? Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to fucking use trash can lids as a goddamn snare drum. We're going to actually, you know, tune a snare here. <clears throat> and, and then you, you even see it with a lot of the big uh, tours and stuff. Or Well, there's really no big metal tour anymore. There used to be. But no more OzFest, no more Mayhem Festival. But the last years they did do it, it was like, hey, your headliner's like Slayer. Or a Slipknot. Just these bands have already been around for, you know, 30 years. Or in Slipknot's case, they've been around for 20 years now. Yeah, before uh, Rock and the Range had left us, it was uh, Slayer and Avenged Sevenfold that headlined the night I seen them. Yeah, Avenged Sevenfold is still really big. Yeah. Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot are like the... the last two like huge metal bands from that era I from, would say. from that era i would like to see what comes out of 2010 and on the problem is we're, we're not gonna know for another five or six years yeah. the bands that were gonna be the the ones that came out then because we're we're on that we're on that cusp right now like like you said like uh you know such and such it came out in 2003 well they didn't get big until 2009 and here they already write you know two albums toured around their home city then got big and went around America and stuff and it's like Mastodon I was looking them up they started in 99 Deftown started in 88 that's crazy but I didn't see them or even hear about them in 2000 until 2005 right you know I was like whoa and now look at where they're at you know everybody knows Mastodon is a household name you know but I would like to see like you said five six years like, well, who's going to be you're, the big hitters? You're not going to know who they are until another five or six years because that's just the, the way it works. Bands, Metal bands don't really come out with a, a first album that really leaves an impression. Slipknot did it in 99, but that was 20 years ago. Avenged Sevenfold first album? Which which Slipknot album? Uh, self-titled. Okay. With Wait and Bleed. and Their first sick. one was Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat. And that did that not was leave, an EP. That did not leave that a good impression. That was an EP. That did not leave a good that impression. That was an EP. I... I hate you. <laughs> I'm it's talk- still a, it's still a fucking album. I'm talking about it's a, not a studio album, but it's an album. I'm talking about a full length studio album. Okay, well, say that instead of album next time. Okay, because it's still an album and it's still music that this band put out, whether or not it was a studio album. I mean, for Christ's sake, you got bands like Nirvana fucking release. Bleach was what seven, nine songs. Bleach was ten. Well, all right. Still, I just feel. It's still music that they put out, EP or not. In your in your defense, I have said that the Blacking by Machine Head is one of my favorite metal albums ever. It's only seven songs, although it is an hour and twenty minutes long. And what LP only means uh, extended play and then limited play or no, I don't long know, play, long I think play, it is. something yeah. stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, some of these some of these band guys are broke. Avenge Sevenfold, though, they, they hit a huge with um, Backcountry, yeah. which was like 2003, but they were already, that was their third album that took them to get big. M. Shadows had broken his voice and he couldn't scream anymore, so he started singing, whatever you call what he does. 
Yeah. He just talks loud. Yeah, I got I got turned on to them with Unholy Confessions, you know. Yeah, and that was Waking the Fallen, which is yeah. their previous album. But that one kind of flew under the radar. It, it hit where it needed to hit in like the metal community where people were like, yo, check this out. Yeah. But it Once wasn't... they got super big, when I seen them at Rock on the Range, they came out for an encore and they played. Jeez, um, I, I just left me. Uh, Unholy Confessions. And I feel like that was like a tribute to the fans who like knew them before they were like radio rock. Yeah. You know? But before they ripped off, before what was the album? Um, the one that had um, oh, Hell to the King, Hell to the King. Um, the lead singer of Machine Head, Rob Flynn, just said, "Hey, congratulations on ripping off Metallica's Black album." And then he like broke it down, and when you listen to it, you're like, "He is one hundred percent right," because <laughs> it really is. It's just, I'll show it to you later. What he said. Yeah, I'd like to <clears throat> get Dave Busco's opinion on that one. Well, Dave Busco is a baby back bitch. Baby back, baby back, baby back bitch. Um, so going back kind of to what I was just saying, what I wanted to say was once we see these bands get big in five or six years, you're going to have those, yeah, I used to like this band back before they were fucking cool. Like, you need to have that with everybody, I guess. Right, and I think it's just a lot of people do that because – and. Not against those, not against people who say that, but a lot of bands do change their sound after you know one or two albums. Uh, Slipknot definitely changed their sound after their after Iowa and Slipknot. Once they got into um, Volume Three, you hell, could, they changed their their uh, their sound after that EP. Yeah, because they were like rap metal then. They were new metal. No, I mean like, go listen to Mate Feed Kill Repeat. Yeah, that was rap metal. They sounded like Limp Biscuits' heavy cousin. Like, a lot of a lot of bands do change their sound though. So when, I understand why people are like, "Yeah, I like them." Like their first few albums, okay, that's cool. But I mean, it's like Bring Me the Horizon. You can't. Yeah, yeah. People know. are like, "Yeah, uh, I like I like Suicide Season." I'm like, okay, I Did do you like too. Semper Eternal. No, it was trash. Like. I mean, Sepaternal, that, that it wasn't their heaviest album, but I feel like it was their best. That issue of Metal Hammer I have that has like the the hundred best metal albums of like since the two thousands, ranks Sepaternal was like the fourth, third or fourth best metal album since two thousand. It's really good. It is really good. But Aside from saying. Ollie not screaming no more, like even then, well, like, he broke his voice too. Yeah, he dude, that guy writes some fucking great lyrics. <laughs> Yeah, I remember whenever someone was like, hey, do you want to check out? Like, I am I was used to, like, Diamonds Aren't Forever and stuff like that. And they were like, hey, you want to hear the song Drown? And they showed it to me. I'm like, are you sure this is the right band? Is this yeah. right Bring Me the Horizon? Yeah. Is there a different band out there called Bring Me the Horizon? Yeah. The Horizon's been brought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So going back into some bands that you've seen in, you know, after 2008, what was, like, a big one that you've seen that, you know, really, really caught your fancy, I guess. That, that came out after 2008? Yeah. Jesus, I don't know, because a lot of bands that I thought started after 2008 started in, like, 2004. Like, I I uh, do like Butcher Babies, but I don't know if they came out after 2008. They might have started a little bit earlier. Okay, well, then let's say, like, a an album that came out then that got big that year, you know, like 2009, 2010. Oh, you know what? Barrenness. Barrenness? 
Baroness came out around 2008. Did they? Because I... No, 2007, I guess. Their debut album was 2007, so actually they probably this started... Is, in... I'm, not, I'm not shitting on you here, but I was super surprised. But when I was doing some research last night, I do believe Baroness came out in the 90s. They didn't release their first album until 2007. Well, I mean, I could see it, though, because Deftones started in 88, and their first album was until 96. No, yeah, it says uh, 2003. I don't know who I was who I was looking at. But, yeah, because I remember you showed me them. What was it, the Red? The Red Album. Red Album, yeah. And I was like, whoa. Um, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get into Baroness, I guess, until you told me about them, really. Yeah. You know? Um, a big one for me, I would say in 2010, I guess right I, around 2000, no, it was 2010, uh, Miss May I came out. Oh, Thy Art is Murder is another one. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Miss May I was good. Yeah. Miss May I, they came out and they are from, uh, uh, Western, um, excuse me, Eastern Ohio. I think they're right out of Columbus, like right near there. I forget exactly. Western um, Ohio, well, mid Ohio. They came out with their first album, and I'd heard "Relentless Chaos," and uh, I was just jamming around with some people when I was living in Pittsburgh. And this kid had showed me them. He's like, "Oh, you listen to the, uh, Miss May I yet?" And I was like, "No," and checked him out, and I was really impressed. It was one of those bands that was. I've played them for people. And uh, I've even had videos with their music on in the background. For instance, uh, Alec had once said it was like a Miss May I song on. And he goes, oh, dude, I love Black Dahlia Murder. And I was like, no, nah, dude, this Miss May I. And he was like, oh. And they they have a lot of sound that sounds a lot like death metal and crazy bands. But they have their own style of stuff. Um, they'll stop. And their bass player, Ryan, actually sings and sings pretty well <laughs> and uh i don't know i that was one of the first bands of that era starting out with the new 2010s you know that really caught my eye i think that album came out in 2007 or 2008 though i i'm not 100 percent sure i i don't know seen them in concert two times and uh i was like very impressed but the art is murder these guys um these guys are now the poster children for fucking metal, in my opinion. Yeah, in a way that they're they're like the, this new wave that they're they're at the forefront of this new wave that we're gonna have. And you want to talk about talent, like we talked about drummers, and how they really make a metal band. Listen to some of the the fills and even even the blast beats. The guy from I don't know his name. I could look it up, but the guy from Diodus Murder hit just phenomenal, man just really punches you in the gut like um i'm not certain what their first album was was it holy war i think uh i'm not a hundred percent sure see i didn't get into them until four years ago i think i had no idea who they were even a band like born of osiris yeah yeah um they would be a very good forerunner uh especially because they they lost some members, and then those members branched off and made other bands, and have now since made other bands. Um, for instance, Jason Rich, uh, Jason Richardson uh, from Chelsea Grin, and now <laughs> just Jason Richardson. He started out, I do believe, uh, with them, 
I don't know if that was his first big band or not, but he played guitar for them for a long while. <coughs> I don't know if they had uh, creative differences or what they did, but uh, he ended up leaving the band, and then they created the band, or him and a few people created the band Chelsea Grin. And Chelsea Grin is another big heavy hitter when it comes to the metal scene, especially after 2010. Hate was the first album by Thy Artist Martyrs. Yes. 2011. Okay, okay. They were formed in 2006, but that was their first full-length album. They had a few EPs before that. Okay. So you guys, this is what I'm talking about. This band started in 2006. Kenny's like, they weren't a band until 2011. They No, they, they made an album in 2011. Bro, they made a lot of music, but they didn't actually make music until 2011. I'm talking about... Well, what I'm trying to say is like a full-length album is different than an EP. Look at Wonder. They've had one, what, two EPs? I'm waiting for a Three? goddamn full-length album. Yeah, but you got to think of the money it takes to do that. Those those five-song EPs that they made were like over $900 a piece. Oh, yeah. Know? No, I, I'm sure. But That's I'm just the saying, reason why EPs I'm just out. saying Wonder should go on tour and make more money than make a goddamn album. Yeah, they should. Dave's too busy making cheese. Yeah. And whey protein. <laughs> I don't think they make whey protein. They make whey. Yeah, they make whey. That sounds weird when you say it like that. When you're like, they make they make way, like W E. Make way, make way for the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. No, I I agree though. Um, yeah, I didn't hear them until, got 2015, I think, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure everybody knows it, but uh, Reign of Darkness. If you have not heard that song, please do yourself a favor. That go listen a, to it. I just I just looked it up. They said that was the first single. Yeah, that song is, uh, just it, it's they they really are uh, carrying the flame when it comes to the demonic satanic kind of metal. Well, they're they're, they're one of those deathcore bands. Though. Yes, uh, I mean, for instance, um, like the lyrics, like of the the chorus of that song. Um, ex- excuse me, but I just want to say them because. He says, fear me, I am the destruction of innocence. I am, um, fear me, I am the destruction of innocence. I am the pain embodied in flesh. I am the pain of the, Jesus, I can't even remember it now. I have to look it up. I am the pain in the bones of the um, mortal shell. Uh, the dark call of the earth, I am hell. Sorry, I had to had to think there, but like, it's... I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, man, that's dark. Like, fear me. I am hell. Like, I was like, all right. And they're like, their music video for it is insane. You know, like, just a lot of fire, a lot of blood. <laughs> and I was like, these guys are fucking cool. But uh, Jay Rhodes showed me them. Really? Yeah. I was like, thanks, guy. I appreciate you. <laughs> I listen to them all the time now. Man, I can't think of any. I like, and I don't want to like try and be like, yeah, I forgot this band or that band. But I feel like I'm forgetting a lot of bands. But I can't really think of one offhand that really, since then has. Because I feel like there was like this metal renaissance in in the mid to late two thousands with bands like In Flames and Shadows Fall and Kill Switch Engage and all. But they they hit a certain level and they could just never break through that glass ceiling. Yeah. Um, one that really touched base for me was uh, Twelve Foot Ninja. 
<clears throat> they came out, I think, their EP or whatever dropped in like <laughs> 2007. And then I think it was 2010 they came out with, uh, oh, maybe it was 2008. They came out with um, Shuriken, I believe is the album name. And then the one after that, uh, forgive me for forgetting the name, but it's it's got a red ninja on the front of it. Uh, dude, these guys are nuts. Um, they they took metal kind of to a new extreme, just like uh, kind of like every time I die. You know what I mean? They kind of did their own thing. It's really hard to put them into a classification. For instance, like if you type in 12-foot ninja on your Pandora and you play a song by them, the next one that comes up is like Tool. And it's like you like, like the raw. cranberries. Yeah. Like, hey, have you ever heard Red Hot Chili Peppers? And I'm like, no, 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 play some more of that 12-foot ninja shit. Cannot be detected. Like, um, they did. They do a lot of weird shit. They are they are very heavy. Um, they don't have a lot of screaming, like you would normally expect in a band, but they do these weird, uh, weird breakdowns that aren't out of your norm, you know? Um, aside from time signatures, I mean, they do have their 4-4 patterns, but there are times where they'll do weird shit. But they go into, like, 70s disco breakdowns. They'll come into these weird jazz kind of, like, funk just bridges in their songs, you know what I mean? And then they come back heavy as fuck. And they even have songs that, um, for instance, the song Shuriken, um, there's like no distorted guitar in it at all. It's just like, it's tuned so low. Like, and they play like, do 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 And that's not your normal, you know, like, Hey, let me strum like four chords for this slow song that I'm singing. And, I don't know. It's uh, it's different. Um, ain't that a bitch? If you if you have a chance, please look that song up because it's just slow, just bass and drums, and uh, they go into weird brat jazz breakdown. I've always I've bridge. always really liked metal bands that just do like the weird breakdown. Yeah, it's like why are you doing that? I don't know. I can, but it it, it interested me. The, the the hard rock slash metal band snot whatever the fuck they were, they were like maybe alternative metal. This is like 97. They had a song where they did like a banjo breakdown in the middle of their song. Uh, I wrestled a bear once. We'd mentioned them. Yeah. They did um, in the Hall of the Mountain King um, slash Inspector Gadget. And it was metal as fuck, man. You know, I was like, yeah, dude. I think um, aside from 12 foot though, you really got to start – with this, in my opinion, like right now, and the big thing, uh, like Mike Russell, like we talked about it when he was on, like you got progressive metal bands that are making a headway right now. And I think aside from Animals as Leaders, the first band, and I'm not even going to call them metal because they're not, I would just call them progressive, but the band called Sean, I don't know if you listen to them at all. I've never heard, heard of them. They, they're like metal if everybody took the distortion off and they had no lyrics. Like... I mean, they're so pretty, but they you can definitely tell I'm serious, man. You could play one of their songs like while you're going to bed and you're like, "Wow. That's great." They even have a song called Perfect Pillow. Um, but if you ever get a chance to check them out, I feel like they definitely have influences from the metal scene. And then you can really tell like the jazziness, you know. It's kind of like swing. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know, it's it's neat, but you got a lot of bands that came out uh, let's say like 2010, 2012 ish. Um, 
But bands like Intervals, uh, if you've never listened to Intervals, you should definitely check them out as well. Um, but this is another another band that's like progressive metal where they have a lot of songs that don't have lyrics. Uh, for instance, in their latest album, uh, The Shape of Color, which I went to go see them play that album like on tour. And uh, they don't really have lyrics in that album at all. But then you go back and you listen to their prior two and they do. And um, A Voice Within was the album, I think, before that, that really got me onto them. I was like, yo. Um, actually, Greg Hahn, one day we were talking because he had some buddies come in. And he's like, hey, man, you know any shows going on? And I was like, I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> so I looked up, and that's how I found out about Intervals. I was like, oh, uh, do you know Angel Vivaldi? No. Okay. Well, shit, Ken. Kind of one-sided conversation over here. Uh, but Angel Vivaldi, I know them, and they were playing with Intervals and Pliny. And I was like, hey, I'm like, well, this Angel Vivaldi band, they're pretty good. I'm like, you know, they're playing with these other guys. I was like, I listened to them, but I, I don't know if you'd be into it or not. And uh, that's when I Googled it and I found their, their album, The Shape of Color. I was like, yo, well, first of all, that interested me, you know, The Shape of Color. Hmm. <laughs> Do these guys do drugs? I'm going to listen and find out. And then it was just like this crazy fucking progressive solo kind of melodic metal that had no lyrics to it, you know? And I was like, holy shit. Look a little tired there, bud. I am. You should probably drink some more of that Natter Day. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, with that band, I found Plenty. And Plenty is a solo guitar artist who writes his own stuff and he records his shit at home and um he's from australia and uh then he has other people play his music i believe we talked about this once on the show before where him and intervals had played a show together and after their show that was done he goes okay he goes we're gonna go backstage he goes then we'll come back out and he'll stand here and i'll stand here and then we'll be intervals so they like learned each other's music to play on tour because he doesn't have a band he writes all of his shit by himself, you know what I mean? But he's right. kick-ass, amazing. I believe um, his last album, Handmade Cities, just came out in uh, uh, 2015. And I snagged that bitch up when I when I got a chance. We were actually at the show, and I grabbed one. But, um, yeah, you got other bands like Angel Vivaldi, and then, um, uh, you know, oh, jeez, I can't even think of it. Goose, who sings it? We talked about it. Kenny, help. I don't know who this is. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, no. I mean, I might. I just can't think of it right now. I'm going to have to look it up just because. Um, Another another band that really uh, came out around, uh, I think, peaked more, came out in the mid to late 2000s and then kind of peaked was In This Moment. Yeah. Yeah, because you, and you see, like, they do a lot of stuff now that, and I'm not really a a big fan of like their singing and stuff, but they're fucking heavy. Yeah. They're really heavy for what they're doing. They got a lot of radio play though too. They do get a lot of radio play. They're one of those radio metal bands. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're up there. Um, I think whenever blood came, the, the single blood came out, that was all over the radio. If I played it for you, you know what I'm talking about. The really high pitched singing. Is it a chick? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah, they have a female lead. She was in a Papa Roach song a few years back, Gravity. That got a lot of uh, airplay on, like, Sirius XM. Okay. 
Uh, Polyphia was the band I was thinking of. Oh, uh, okay. I kept wanting to say Periphery, and I'm like, that's not fucking it. Why that's not I... Misha. Yeah, uh, Polyphia, uh, they are also another, you know, um, progressive metal band. You know, they don't have lyrics. <clears throat> and they kind of combine, like, a little bit of techno in some of their songs, too. But they come out, like, um, you know, like, just, just for, like, a little, little instance here so you can understand where I'm coming from. You know, like... They, I don't know, they're really different. That does not sound metal at all. It's it's really not, you know? And then you get into some other shit, like, later on in the song, and uh, it's just kind of techno, and then they throw in, like, these heavy riffs with it. and That's something that somebody here on, like, 95.9. Yeah. Kiss FM. Like, they're really hitting that 80s vibe, you know? But it's really different, and it's what I believe metal is evolving towards, at least another big genre that's going to be a, a huge spike. I just feel like metal, there's, I mean, like, everyone comes back home. Because Slipknot started off more as, like, a new metal band, and now you would just say, well, they're a metal band. Yeah. So everyone's coming back home to where they, the, like, yeah, I'm your still death core but i feel like in another few years they're gonna kind of get off like that like open fret playing and they're gonna kind of come back home because if you would have told me in 2004 you're like wait till wait till bring me the horizon isn't doing this anymore i'd be like they're always gonna do this or they're not gonna be a band anymore they're not gonna you know simmer down but they did yeah times change man bands evolve they do all kinds of shit but they do all kinds of crazy noises and then they come back home well you got other bands too out right now um, that really got a rise with like the metalcore scene. For instance, like Devil Wears Prada when they came out, everybody was like, "Hey, that's different." If you listen to their music now in comparison to their first album, like you're like, "Whoa!" But these guys brought about a lot of other bands. For instance, like uh, like Wage War is a big one that is out right now, and they have they have a lot of like different sound to them. Um, like the river is a really good one. Um, they, they just have like a good mix of genre in one song. You know what I mean? You can hear the metalcore. You can kind of hear like, like a slipknot, like it's a good mix. You right. know, it's almost like you threw a couple bands into a blender and poured it into a cup and here's what you got. You know, um, a lot of their music now that they're coming out with like their latest album. Um, it's kind of, uh, like I'd heard the phrase like copy paste, uh, guy I talked to Anthony. He mentioned that, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I never really thought about that, but yeah, it is. It's just almost your stereotypical. Okay, hey, uh, here's our chorus, <laughs> here's our verse, here's our breakdown, here's our chorus, here's the other verse, here's the ending. You know, and it it, it did get a little boring for me towards the end there. I was like, okay, well, I mean, their other stuff is pretty good. Um." Another band that I can think of is uh, A Feast for Kings. No? You've lost me. Jesus, Kenny. Um, it's weird. Um, I guess I kind of, I guess I kind of, my, my metal and uh, hardcore knowledge and all this knowledge kind of peaked in like the mid-2000s. You should keep listening because there is a lot out there. Um, uh, like A Feast for Kings, they have uh, like a song called Machines and it's, 
pretty sick. They are one. They incorporate a lot of that that high pitched male lead, um, and with really heavy guitars and stuff. Um, not so much 2010s, but the start of what I could call that would be like bands like Pierce the Veil and shit. You know. Okay. Um, they, Black Bell Brides. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Pierce the Veil is way heavier in my opinion. I just I was making a joke. I, I Black get it. Bell Brides. Uh, I don't know. I just feel they really got their start there, and that also influenced a whole other genre. Like everybody loves that. I don't know. It's a good mix when you have like screaming and you have the singing. Does Job for a Cowboy still exist? I'm not 100%. Or did they break up? I don't know. Because they were one of those bands. If you would have asked me in 2006, like, who's going to be the, like, the next breakout big heavy metal band, I'd say Job for a Cowboy. Because they were poised for it, and then they just never... Kind of fell off. Yeah, they just fell off. You haven't heard much from them since Knee Deep. <laughs> Which was, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah, I think that was like their... They're hit, you know. They put them on the map there. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I mean, aside from them, like, geez, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, I should really just pull up my Pandora here. We should just take notes before we do list. these videos and just like have talking points and well, just go off of that. I feel like maybe you know we could send each other uh, stuff back and forth. Like, hey, check this out. Like, you want to see a Snapchat of my penis? Yes. You're not gonna see much, so. It's okay. I do have a zoom feature on my phone. Um, do you have like a 20 time zoom? Because you're going to need that. Uh, yeah, it's an Android. Um, monuments. We didn't, we didn't talk about them. These guys are, uh, also in the progressive scene. And see, this is where I lack in knowledge. I can't, I can't, I couldn't tell you what year their album came out. But I definitely know that I seen them for the first time, ever heard of them. They were opening up for Animals as Leaders. I went and seen them. And um, this is the coolest shit I had ever seen at a metal show, okay? And I've seen a lot of neat shit. But this stuff blew my mind. The lead singer had strep throat, was sick, okay? And he normally screams. He does regular singing. And he came out and he let everybody know, hey, guys, listen, I'm... I'm sick. He goes, I'm not going to be able to sing the way I normally do. So uh, we're just going to jam around for you for a little bit if that's all right. We're like, okay. Motherfucker pulls out a tenor sax and starts playing a saxophone while they're doing metal in the background, dude. I was like, what the fuck? Holy shit. Like, I had to get videos of it. I was like, said it to my wife. I'm like, fucking jazz metal, babe. And she's like, what? I was like, it's fucking jazz metal. Listen to it. It was like, his... His saxophone was literally his voice, man. It was, oh, killer. Like, every note hit. It was so good. I loved it. Like, I feel like all of these progressive metal bands, though, like, the guitarist has a fretboard as big as his table. Yes. They're yes. like, I need 20 guitars. You see fat I need, ones. I need, I need 20 strings. We have we have a, a special guest joining us right now. Let me, uh... Let, let me get David, David to get... Come over here and just talk for a second. We're currently discussing the uh, the 2010s of metal here, and um, Kenny Kenny's a little little on the backside. I am a little on the backside. Uh, if you want to like jump in for a bit, a couple couple bands I've been mentioning. What are you gonna do? Return to I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit back and just bait while you guys talk. Okay, I can't I can't add another track right now. Well, no, to... and you can't. Well, we can't just hook up another mic either. So yeah, yeah it's gonna it's gonna ruin us. 
Mike and Mike in the morning. What's up? So, yo, it's Mike and Mike, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, David Busco of Wander. What's up, y'all? So we were just talking about a couple bands, uh, you know, from the 2000s and 2010s and on, and really touched base on like progressive and stuff and how it started and where we're at right now. And I was just talking about monuments. And um, I told him, I, I think I went to the show with you when the guy was sick and he played the saxophone. No, you, I don't, you, you've said this like a, a Maybe few I'm times. retarded. I don't think I've ever seen monuments. Sean maybe, told me that I've seen monuments before, but I can't remember. I know that I would very much like to see monuments. Um, I didn't get to see them while they were playing full on set. Are they still a band? Yeah. Are they still doing it? Because I know their guitar player, uh, he does online uh, lessons now. I've been seeing it advertised on my feed. I would dig that. Yeah, that would be super cool. I would take some lessons from there. Right? But what? Are, okay, so let me ask you this. What are some bands that you saw come out in 2010 and beyond? That You know, new metal. Aside from, because that's what... We talking about progressive metal? Whether it be progressive metal or a metal band... That was new to you that you saw come out, you know, after 2008, 2010, beyond, you know? Hmm. Uh, well, we got, I feel like we got to mention the contortionist. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. one we hadn't touched, touched yeah. on. The contortionist is excellent. Yeah. They're, they're very different. They have a lot of singing. They also have a lot of, uh, the heavy metal riffs. They do their own kind of take on metal yes and that's what i like um well i like like their first uh couple albums they were kind of they were like all over the place you know it was like it'd be very much like between the buried and me-esque where it's like all right it's super heavy for four minutes and then they're gonna space out and get weird but i feel like since they've came out with the albums language and clairvoyant clairvoyant rather uh in their new ep which offhand I can't think of the name. Uh, they've really honed in on their sound. They don't really scream that much, but they're all about like the slow and ambient feel now. And I think they're so much better at that. But do you still feel they have that metal vibe to them? Yeah, I mean they still they still have heavy music, but it's it's different. You know, you don't have to be screaming your face off to. You know, and playing, you know, progressive style breakdowns you know, to we be mentioned, metal. You know, metal can be anything. We'd mentioned Chon. Chon, oh my god. Do you god. call them metal? You know what I mean? No. No, I no, feel like they're no. progressive. They're progressive. But they're not metal. <laughs> like I explained to McKenny, I'm like, it's like if you took a metal band and just turned off all the distortion pedals and gave, like, the drummers some, some paintbrushes to play with, you know? like. I mean, dude, they're... Dude, they're so fucking good. It's so what you're saying is they're like progressive rock then. Yeah, I do. I progressive guess, yeah. rock is pretty sweet. I mean, I mean technically, Rush is progressive rock. They're not like Rush. They're not like Rush. No, they're like they're like a jazz band. <laughs> I don't know. They're different. They're what they're about... very much you know jazz heavy influence, but I mean all metal really is. So yeah. Well, going on with the, uh, the Contortionist, like a band that I can think of that really goes with that, I didn't even see until 2012, at least, 2003 maybe, or 13, um, but uh, Tesseract. Tesseract is so fucking good. They, When they came out, I'd never heard of them. I was like, 
all right. And like my buddy David showed me them and I was like, who the fuck is this? And now like they've come out with, um, like altered, uh, altered state. That album didn't like it. I love it. Okay. I love it. It took me a while to get into them. It was, that was the feel that I like when the reason I brought it up is you're talking about contortionists and they got this mellow vibe. Like, the the main I forget the name of the track off of there, but it just comes in so heavy. Like it's like an eight string guitar. It's like, dun, 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 dun. but then the guy it just like comes down, and then like the guy's like, oh dude, I you know? uh, I was the, like, what the fuck? I recently seen them maybe six or eight months ago. They were on tour with Between the Bear to Me, and that I th- that was the second time I've seen them. They're First of all, their singer is, and I, I think that in their time as a band, they've had two different vocalists, but both of them, like, the dude can sing so well live. I think that's so impressive. If you can, if you're as good on the record as you are live, like, that speaks volumes. And that's a big reason why I like them, because seeing them live and the contortionist, I mean, you can talk, like, animals as leaders. Uh, yeah, that's who we mentioned, like, first. Danimals as leaders. Yes. Danimals as greeters. Animals. I've never heard that one. That's good. <laughs> it's just like a picture of Tozen, Tozen Kabasi, shaking hands with people. Oh, I'm just over here, Tozen Kabasi. Yeah. Mm. So what about? I mean, um, anything new from like, let's say, like the past four years? It's brand new. That you can think of that hasn't been on the scene before. Mm. You get out of here. You're lucky you're wearing an undisputed era shirt. <laughs> We actually uh, gave you a shout out, and then here you are. Yeah, spectral type was pretty cool. Yeah, we we tried to do uh, the uh, whole like ambient, very contortionist esque kind of stuff, uh, but it just kind of fell apart, and it it kind of sucked because I really enjoyed that band very much. But you know, we tried to do like ten minute long songs, and I didn't feel like anyone was really digging it too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, are they done yet? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we just wanted to make the kind of music that, you know, we wanted to make, and that's what came out, and it was a blast. There's nothing wrong with that either. No. But, um, so going back to the question, um, any bands that you can think of? Oh, man. Hold on. Let me hit, hit up my Napster. Yeah, see, yeah. that's <laughs> that's what I told Kenny. I was like, fuck, man, I should just pull out my Pandora and start going through the list. Dude, I'm about to pull Kenny's it like, up. maybe we should just take notes. After 23 episodes, we'll start taking notes. Yeah, we might have to. We're just coming with a notebook and be like, here's what we're going to talk about. And just, you know, instead of just... All right, so uh, Gene Simmons goes to uh, Guinness for uh, world record longest tongue. Oh, uh, dude, we got to... I don't even know why we didn't even talk about this. We got to talk about the fucking current, my opinion, current lords of the genre fucking periphery. Yeah, yeah, we touched on them. We already touched on them. Get the fuck out. Yeah, you know dude. what? I was I here? Yeah, grow up. Was <laughs> I here? Grow up, Dave. After lead singer periphery. No, I just named him after the guitar player. But you know, you're close enough. No big deal. Misha mm. Monsor. <laughs> I'm about to look at a current playlist that I have. David Busco, ladies and gentlemen. The, the thing is, is like a lot of these bands, they don't really carry over. Like we were saying, it's going to be another four or five years before you know who the big bands are. Like the main, yeah, right. The, the yeah, right bands. now, 
they might be big in the underground scene, but who knows if you know they're going to get a lot of attention. Or you might even have those one hitters like Job for a Cowboy, where it's like, wow, they're fucking going to be huge in like five years, and then five years later, you're like, are they still a band? Well, Periphery is pretty big. I mean, what they're on their third album now? No, they have. Uh, they just came out with Periphery Four, but they have okay um, four. Periphery Four, but they have. Kenny doesn't count EPs as albums, by the way. EPs are albums. Yeah, uh, Kenny says it. <laughs> EPs are albums if they're fucking an hour long. How about you fucking release the Wonder albums? Yeah, he said Wonder is not even a band because you, know, you guys have never released an album. Are you gonna fund that? <laughs> are you gonna fund that? That's what we t- we talked about. It. <laughs> this shit's expensive, dog. I mean, you know, I take check, cash, money order, you know. <laughs> ass. <laughs> I take ass, you know. <laughs> eat ass, whatever. Yeah. All kinds of ass. Yeah. Just give me some money, Kenny. Just give me that shirt and we'll call it even. That'll go he towards it. <laughs> if, you, if you give him that shirt, he'll make a wander. He bought around. me this shirt. I did, I did. It's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. Shout out to the Undisputed Era for being... The shit. What about Pliny? Intervals. Yeah. Touch on them. Mm. Yeah, it was a big one for me. I mean, we could talk about a uh, band that recently came back. We talked about Asley Dying finally coming back. I wanted to touch on that, too, because like, even though they've been around for forever, they, they'd split up. They became Woven War, and now uh, Tim wasn't came... That the, wasn't that the time where the guy paid to kill his wife or some shit? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. What is it, Is that how you Tim say Tim Lambasis. Yeah. He he came back and dude, I feel I don't know, was it is it like aging wine? You know what I mean. But their new album, Shape by Fire, is dude. All their albums are so, are so Ugh. fucking good, dude. They're but just, this one just hits a different way. Like it has. Well, I mean, like if you you've listened to the album, so like essentially the entire album is talking about like what he went through and for, during for, yeah. forgiveness, yeah, like, and forgiveness, and like, they he had to earn. From what I read, he had to earn his way back into good graces, not just as with the band, but like there is friends. Well, yeah. no, I don't think that's ever going to be. Hey, remember that one time? Oh, man, that was like 10 years ago. That was crazy. Ah, water under the bridge. <laughs> water under Come the bridge. Uh, I'm sure he's probably not allowed to talk to or see his wife. Yeah, there's probably some sort of PFA thing involved there. Yeah. But, yeah, no, real deal. You're right. Lyric wise, um, for instance, uh, what. The single they'd came out with, uh, the name escapes me. Um, oh, my own grave. my own grave. Yeah, yeah. When they they released that they were coming back as a band, he says, you know, in right before the chorus, he's I'm finally forced to face what I've become, and I was like, damn, like I kind of feel like he's saying sorry, <laughs> you know, like he he dealt with it, he went through it, and yeah, but like it's still fucked up what he did. I'm not gonna condone it. No, you don't condone means, it, but, but he like I, I've. I've had this conversation with a couple people. He went to jail. He served his sentence. He paid for his crimes. You know what I mean? And a lot of people still want to, like, hold that over his head. And I get that's never going to go away. But, like, I mean, you got to give people a second chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he, you know, got away with it, scot-free, that'd be a different story. You know what I mean? And did minimal jail time, but I, I'm pretty sure he went to jail for a few years. Uh, another band that uh, comes to mind, uh, Turnover. Turnover's a newer band, different genre of music. I haven't heard of them. Pretty rad. 
Uh, Super Heaven. Pretty rad. Pretty rad. Okay, now what kind of genre are we talking here? Mm, Super Heaven's like. I feel like in the '90s they would have been gods. They're very '90s rock. But they're pretty. They're if we're talking about music from then, uh, I haven't been listening to a ton of metal lately. Uh, if I listen to metal, I I really stick to uh, progressive lately. Uh, Killswitch esque music. Also, so no no core kind of shit, no death. No, no, not really. I I are feel you familiar like with a uh, band uh, uh, fit for an autopsy? Yeah, I know them. I know them. Uh, they, they are pretty new to me, um, but when I first heard their shit, I was like, man. Much like Kenny and I talked about Gojira, uh, they sing, like they have a song called Black Mammoth, and it's about the oil industry, like, and how huge it is, and it's destroying, you know, parts of the world. <laughs> I was like, you guys are metal. Like, this is fucking weird, you know, but... You're used to metal music saying, like, you know, Hail Satan, Skill right. Dance, blah, 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 blah. But they're, like, they're they're putting a really good message. For instance, like, in that music video, uh, they're actually talking to a whole bunch of, like, uh, Native American tribes and how oil has affected their land, whether it be sacred waters or, excuse me, people digging over top of, you know, burial sites and shit. And I was like, holy fuck, man. Like, metal's real. I mean, metal's always had, like, just because it's, like, heavy doesn't mean what the, you know, what they're talking about isn't, doesn't have substance. But on top of that, I just want to say that metal's always been about the pageantry. It's always been about the show. It's always about having a name, like Cattle Decapitation, or Slayer, or Killer Be Killed. Or, in black metal, you have to have the corpse paint. Or a band like Ghost BC, they have, like, the paint going, well, I shouldn't call them Ghost Yeah, BC. they're not they're just ghosts now. now. But... You have to have that paint. So you want that pageantry. It's all about the sideshow. It's all about the circus show. It's not necessarily about the message, and that's what most of metal is. Yeah, there are bands like Gojira that are like, hey, here we have a message for you. And you shouldn't lose like sight of that. That Yeah, some metal bands have a message, but a lot of them are just there for the show. And so great I camera, by the way. fully support that show because that's my favorite thing about uh, going to see uh, live music. I, I don't like it when it's just... All right, I, I mean, I've seen bands where they play great. It's awesome. But I want, like, I'm going to see a show, you know what I mean? I like when there's bells and whistles involved. A lot of people are like, oh, it's too over the top. You know, it's not needed. But it makes it that much better. Well, that, that's what makes it so good, though, is, like, Rob Zombie. I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie's music. I love White Zombie. White Zombie's kick ass. Rob Zombie's solo stuff, not so much. But his show... Is a fucking amazing because he oh, has all incredible. the pyro, all this shit going on. He literally has like four trailers, like fifty-three foot trailers full of shit just for his show. Amon Amarth, they come out. Whenever I saw them, they were playing. The stage was a fucking Viking boat that they were playing on. That's awesome. And that's what you're there to see, though. When you go see metal, when you listen to metal, it's not necessarily about what they're singing about. It's about the show they're putting on. It's about this image they're putting on. That's why. Cannibal Corpse is a name. 
8K because it's there to shock you. Like, look at Guar. Look at what Guar does. Oh, my God, dude. They, it's it's all about the show. Guar's music isn't, like, Guar's okay. I don't have There's a There's a few songs that I like, songs. but I'm not crazy about it. But if someone's like, you want to go to a Guar show? Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, dude. I, I want to get fucking jizzed on by a 14-foot paper mache penis. Like, yeah, dude. Like, I, bring it on. That. Yeah. Because like, where makes... else are you going to experience that? You You're know, not... I want to, like, I think uh, one time, I mean, I'm sure it's always changing. They're always doing something. But I remember when I was younger, they had, like, uh, if anyone remembers Tila Tequila, they had, like, a Tila Tequila doll. And I think they did with Paris Hilton, too. And they just, like... Butchered her and blood yeah, was they, squirting they, everywhere. Yeah, and like if you're in like in the first ten rows of the audience, you're getting covered in blood. Yeah, like it's gonna happen. You see that? You're like fuck. Because even Slayer, when they used to play Rain, Rain, Blood, Rain and Blood live, like they used to just dump blood on the stage. Like they would be playing, and there would be blood, just you know, fake blood of course. Maybe it was right. Blood. Yeah, it was probably like corn syrup and a bunch of other shit, and whatever like they make coloring. food coloring. Yeah. But speaking of Slayer. I was never crazy into Slayer, uh, respected Slayer, but I finally seen them live, and I got it. I got it. You got it? I got it. I was like, yep. Yeah, this... this. But and that- now, see, ha- since seeing them live, I'm a fan, because it's like, you see the whole show, and you're like, damn, but that's this what, is intense. But when we're, we're talking about like metal going forward, metal... Going forward, it's it's more about that pageantry. It's more about the names of the bands. That's why you have a band named Butcher Babies coming out. You know, Butcher Babies has been around since the mid two thousands, but like Butcher Babies, it's like they're there for the shock value. Yeah, like but they also they're also selling that sex appeal, right? Because they 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 have know. two very attractive lead singers. Yeah, and well, and I a... I get it, I get it. You know, sex sells. You know, but they're they're. They're not my cup of tea by any means, but I've seen them live. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee, uh, uh, But they're good for what they are. You know, you see them live, and you're like, all right, it's a show. You know what I mean? Right, right. But it's it's about that pageant. It's about that show. It's not necessarily about the the music can be okay. But if you're it, the music can be okay, but if you put on a good live show, you're golden. Yeah. Because even Slipknot for years has written that like their shows live are amazing. I saw him live. I was underwhelmed because everyone talked about how good this show would be live. You're crazy. I've recently seen them with Gojira and Oh my god. Mushiga. Such a good Oh my god. Why didn't I go to that show? I asked you and you said, Fuck you, David. You didn't specifically say that, but that's how I took it. Okay. How do you guys feel about Ginger? <clears throat> Ginger? Well, they just came out in what, two thousand twelve? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. You don't know Ginger? G I N G E R. No. Uh female lead singer and Lead, their most popular track right now is Pisces. I'll check them out, but I'll look into this it. This girl sings solo. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. I was like, holy shit. But it, it was it was crazy to see something like that. I was like, okay, this is new. I dig it. Uh, In this moments like that. Uh, we already talked about yeah, them. Yeah, Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Well, was I here, Kenneth? Was I here? No, you're out smoking like a chimney. Yeah. Being a degenerate. Yeah, that's what I was doing, and then I smoked like a chimney, because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> All right, um, I don't really have much more to add to this anymore. Yeah, I it's... think I'm gonna uh, get off here. I need to get some grub. Let you guys get back to your. There's three pizzas upstairs. Three pizzas. Yeah. One, two, three. Pierogi and a calzone. You got pierogi pie. Yeah, pierogi pie. Uh, there's a. Uh, 
Philly cheesesteak pizza, cheese, and then there's the calzone up there. Yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. Thanks for uh, letting me come in and chit-chat, help Thanks out. Yeah, no. Oh, dude. You should. I'm you always should, glad to come. You should be here every week, but you're not because you're a piece of shit. Well, sometimes I'm sleeping, Kenny. I work at eleven. Yeah, unlike at other night, Kenny. Yeah. Me? I I work at three in the afternoon. So. You work at three in the afternoon. I work very shortly, so sometimes I gotta sleep a little. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on here. Is this your telephone? How the tables have turned. Yeah, we're on different sides now. <laughs> your mic sounds so much better than mine. Hey, welcome to Extraordinary Expletive. <laughs> you catch your boy J-Dubs on this side of the table now. Kenny G's on the other side for some reason. We switched. I don't know why. But... Uh, it was impromptu. That was cool. I dig it, though. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. Dave does have a lot to say about metal music. He's shown me a lot of cool bands that you know, came out recently. Like, I don't think I would have known of Periphery if it weren't for David. I didn't know of contortionist. You know. Why is your cat named Misha? Uh, well, sit down. I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> Check this out. Wiggly, 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 wiggly. Come here, monster. I love you. All right, yeah. If you guys don't know, Dave named his cat after the guitarist of uh, Periphery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an idiot. I love him. But... Um, we are probably missing a whole lot of bands. Um, Kenny and I were talking, what, last night, and I'd found a bunch. It was, uh, I forget what. Loathe. What, yeah, Loathe. Actually, um, one of the top-rated uh, new bands of the past five years, and I know you know them, but Code Orange. Code Orange Kids. They're yeah. from Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah, they were Code Orange kids, right? I, I see. I'm stuck on that thing where I'm like, this is what the band's name was. So I'm going to call them that. Like, so, like, Code Orange will always be Code Orange kids to me. I was calling them Ghost BC earlier. They're ghosts now. They're always going to be Ghost BC to me. Okay. Now, these guys, they're heavy as fuck, but they have a whole lot of that hardcore influence. What was Norma Jean's band before they were Norma Jean? Uh, G Norma. No, they were some, I don't know. Oh. I really don't. I'm sorry, that just caught me off track because someone at work asked me. They were like, have you ever heard Memphis is going to be destroyed by Norma Jean? I'm like, I was never really big into Norma Jean, but I remember they had a name before that. So now I'll look it up, but continue talking. Uh, yeah, Code Orange, man. Um, some really brutal riffs. Like, really heavy, brutal riffs. But they have a lot of that hardcore influence. So I don't know how much you want to classify them into metal. As much, I don't know, what, post-hardcore? But... There, there's something that came about from the metal scene and from the hardcore scene, and these kids just... Maybe that's why they were called Code Orange Code Orange Kids. They literally just... Uh, I don't know. They punch you in the face with their riffs. Like, everything, man. It's it's, it's something new and unheard of. And uh, just recently got rated, I forget what website, as the top 10 uh, in the contender of new metal bands that are out right now. Um, Code Orange Kids. Code Orange Kids is they they have to be up there. Um, the other one that I could think of was um, Comeback Kid. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No. Okay, they're they're pretty good. They have they have. I'll show you a song uh, whenever we get off the air here. But uh, in case anyone's wondering, um, Norma Jean used to be a band called Ludacris. L U T I dash K R I S S. Ludacris. Really? Yes. 
I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, because they had a single that I used to listen to all the time and jam out to like years ago, but I forget what it was now. Because okay. I'm old and my memory's not good. That's and, all right. And I'm not very smart. I ain't a very smart man. <laughs> Going along with um, Code Orange Kids, though, would be uh, Knocked Loose. Yeah, Knocked Loose. But I've, I've heard Knocked Loose is a good live. You've heard that they aren't? I heard that they're not very... Because you yeah, tagged yeah. me in that thing. Yeah, and, and I wanted were, to go. And I people, still kind of want to, but people were talking shit. Uh, yeah. A couple people. People were like, man, fuck those guys live. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, Mr. Garrett Emery himself said, the hey, lead, I really like them, but the lead singer kind of ruins that band. Yeah, but he's the same person that's like, oh, yeah, we're, uh, you're over my house. Uh, I'm going to listen to Whitechapel and then Hank, the, Hank Williams Jr., and that's what you're getting. Yeah. Why didn't we mention them? Whitechapel's huge. Oh, Whitechapel was because I don't really care for Whitechapel, but it was going back to like the pageant, the, the pageantry thing because they have a song that's called like "Demon Defiling a Witch." It's like okay, you're just here for the show. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to some of their lyrics too, maybe that's part of the it's, show. You're here for the show. Cut her fucking head off, and I threw it in a ditch. Yeah, yeah, but that's what metal is. Metal isn't necessarily about the music; it's about the show, the shock factor, dude. It's what you're doing. Like what the fuck did he just say? I talk whenever you just missed it. I just talked to Dave about getting jizzed on by a fourteen foot penis at the Guar fucking show. Wow! Like I would love for that to happen. Yeah, that'd be nuts. <laughs> ah, see. Yeah, uh, I mean Whitechapel was one of those bands too that I told you when you hear that person sing, and then you go and talk to them. Um, I got to briefly. Meet the lead singer. I just picture a dude in like a fucking camouflage cargo pants and like a work shirt. But then when you see him live, he's in like skinny jeans and a white t-shirt. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he was wearing uh, black and blue flannel and just some some skinny jeans. Was he calling? No, almost was. <laughs> but he's outside smoking a cigarette, and we walked up to him. He's like, "Yo, dude, just want to let you know, man, the show was fucking sick." He's like, "Hey, thanks, guys." And I was like. What? <laughs> like, I did not. I was like, hey, not I'm sure you hear this all the time, but the noises you make are insane. And he was like, appreciate it, man. And I was like, all right. Like, it's like whenever we would tell you didn't want we to talk ate, a lot. Yeah, we ate our fucking McDonald's with the drummer from Born of Osiris, and that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. He's like the most humble guy ever. We're like, what's up, man? He, You want to eat McDonald's with us? He's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, I'm going to take one of your nuggets. I'm like, Okay. Can't wait to tell my mom. Yeah. I ate dinner with the... the I, I ate my McDonald's. I ate my fucking $3 fucking chicken McNuggets with the uh, drummer from Born of Osiris, and he had a McDouble. Cameron Lodge is such a sweet guy. Random story, but talking about meeting people, uh, I got to meet the drummer from Job for a Cowboy when I was in college. Our buddy Dana Oster like knows him. And uh, one day we we're like sitting in the eatery underneath of my dorm, and Dana just walks in. And he's like, "Woo, what's up, guys?" And we're like, "Nothing, man." Blah blah blah. It's like me, Ryan Moore, and a couple other people. And he just sits down. And he's like, "Hey, this is I forget his name. <laughs> Sad of me, but he was like, yeah, he uh, he plays drums for Job for a Cowboy.' Me and Ryan like looked at each other. I was like, "What?" And uh, we just kind of got nervous. You know what I mean? Like, what do you say after that? And he's just like casual you know dana's like yeah it's my buddy john or blah blah blah. like all right and then uh ryan's just like hey man um i'm sure you hear this all the time but 
you guys make some sick ass music, man. He's like, oh, thanks, dude. I appreciate it, man. You guys listen? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> it is badass, man. He's like, cool, dude. We're like eating fucking chicken tenders and fries. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was so. I mean, well, that's what was like, that was like for me too. I was like, like because he walked in and and Hoover being the the biggest Born of Osiris fan, like he automatically knew who he was. He was like, hey, uh, are you Cameron uh, Lausch from uh, Born of Osiris? And he was like. Yeah, man, what's up? He's like, you want to eat McDonald's with us? And he just, like, came over and just chilled for, like, 15, 20 minutes. We ate and left, and, yeah, he was a really cool guy. Cameron, come on our podcast. I'm going to tweet you later. Yeah, it'd be sweet. We'll get there, we'll, we'll get there one day. But um, Skype us. Yeah, just all you got to do is just message us, man. Uh, we'll fly you out. I'm, I'll pay I'm, for the plane ticket. I'm I'm literally gonna tweet him after this and be like, "Hey, remember that time like uh, f- six years ago when you ate McDonald's with me in uh, Pittsburgh?" Yeah, he'd be like, "No, I don't know." He liked my tweet whenever I tweeted about it. So really, but that, it it happened like right then though. Okay, well, that's it was sweet. like a day later, and he was like, "Oh yeah, man, sick." Yo, I was drunk as shit. Fuck yeah. I don't think he was actually drunk. It was a joke, Kenny. I should have been. Should have been drunk? Well, it was at um Club Zoo. Club Zoo. Like for the under like the under twenty one club where yeah. they have the bar upstairs and they charge because I went upstairs, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get a beer and it's like seven dollars for like a yingling. Yeah. So it's like nine dollars for a sixteen ounce PBR. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm not gonna get drunk off of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, so um I mean, there's a, there's so much more we could talk about because metal is just w- one of the one of the genres that I think is just so splintered, and there's so many bands, and it's really hard to cover because there's everyone has their favorite metal band, um, and they're just all so different. Like my, what's your favorite metal band? Gojira. Right now, I would say As I Lay Dying. So then he has As I Lay Dying, and I could be over here and I could be like, I like Gojira, but then they're so different, you know, and. But they're all under that same umbrella. Yeah, yeah, they all have the same, same. They all have main the, roots, the same know? roots. It all goes back to like when it you track it all down. It all goes back to Hank Williams. Yeah, that's where it's all about. That's why Gary <laughs> listens to. <laughs> it all goes back to the bands like Black Sabbath, to Motorhead, to uh, Deep Purple. The bands kind of paved the way for music to be this way, and. That's, I mean, I just love metal. Yeah, you think about if bands like Gojira or Azalea Dying had came out back in the 80s, nobody would have listened to them. No, know? no, they would have been like, what is this? You want to talk about shock factor, you know? Yeah, if you're like, yeah, uh, it's 1986, here's uh, The Art of Dying by Gojira. Yeah. And they'd be like, what is this like, ooh, in the beginning? Hey, get off like, the stage, you fucking hippies. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But, uh, and that's, I just like the fact that metal just kind of hits you in the face and it just keeps on pumping. Metal also hits you in the heart. That's why I love it because there's a lot of times you can listen to it in a couple different emotions, whether it be you're mad as fuck or like there's some really powerful lyrics. There's some, there's some stuff I just, well, a lot of times when I listen to metal, I'm like, I just want to hit something. What's going to make me want to hit something harder? And I put that on, so... Told you, there's never been a genre of music that made me want to punch an orphan in the face more, you know? Like, <laughs> why would you want to do that? I don't know, dude. It just came about me. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and sticking with us here at the Extraordinary Expletive. Uh, this has been Metal Month. Uh, we hope to have a band on here for you. We were in slim pickings because we wanted to have a heavy metal band on for October. Um, if we do not, though, we do apologize. But look forward to the next band coming up here soon. Um, got a few to choose from, for sure. And uh, just, you know, we wanted to kind of stick with our, our theme, theme here. So we'll see what happens. So hopefully we have one on next week. And then we'll be coming back at you in November. We're trying to head in strong trying to grow make sure to like share subscribe um tell your friends to like share subscribe even if you don't even listen to us on youtube just subscribe to us on youtube and then like disable the notifications so you won't get any notifications yeah it's just 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 subscribe because we need we need more we want more viewers more listeners and like sure maybe we're being greedy but we're trying to give back you know like we're not making money off of doing this right now. Honestly, we pay monthly for our SoundCloud to host everything, and then from there we can put it onto all your guys' favorite streaming stuff. Um, and we spent a pretty good penny on our cameras and stuff and our mics, mics and, and all that shit. So and all we ask, you know, just a little click. It's free. We just have, <laughs> we are going to have merch coming within the next two weeks, and we did spend a pretty pun- a penny on the merch. So make sure yeah. that you... Uh, I'm sure we're going to sell out of t-shirts. We have limited quantities of each size, so purple and black. So, Yeah, but let us know about that, too. And uh promise is com- coming right back into the podcast. Better experience, better time. Like, look at this. Look at this. You know? We went from this dingy basement to an actual, like, I don't know, themed room, you know? <laughs> we have wooden walls now instead of moldy concrete. Yeah, dude. We got, like, guitars in the background and fucking band shit up on the walls. We're ready to roll, dude. But yeah. uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate, appreciate. Uh, tune in next week, and uh, we'll be kicking it live again. See you later. Good night. <laughs>